Welcome back. I don't even know if I need to say welcome back. We are here at the banger in the hangar container. Right. This interviews. is the explainer in the container. Explainer in the, the container. Banger in the hangar. Or it's the complainer in the container. Yeah. <laughs> in the container in our cozy little room here behind the Houston vert ramp. This is, is the bomb where we shelter. Are at. We are here. With Peter Fernay. Hello. Fernie is what a lot of people call you because they don't know shit, but it's Fernay. They read it, but whatever. It's Fernay. It is. Thank you. It is Fernay. Is that France? Uh, French. It's Dutch with a French sound. Dutch with a French sound. Somebody wanted to avoid getting killed like during some weird war or something. Put an E-E on the end of Fern. So, <laughs> so again, we've known... We've known you for I don't know how long since the skate park of Houston days. So he yep. he traveled into Texas skate park of Houston days. Uh, you know our podcast is about Texas history, but we also want to be people that love Texas or love Texans or have been involved in that, and that's why this guy's here. Yeah, I thought about moving here in '89. Like as soon as I graduated from high school, that was a big thing. But uh, so where did you go to high school, and what brought you to Texas the first time? So I was uh, I moved from New Hampshire in '88 to the D.C. area. Okay. And you know, skated the metal there, Cedar Crest. Um, that was just amazing. And then it drew Texans. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the, the D.C. people came down to Texas. Um, it was actually Pennington and Donaldson that came up um, for like a week or whatever. To Cedar Crest? To yeah, Cedar, Cedar Crest, Crest. Yeah. right. Yeah. Met them, hung out with them for a bit, and uh, you know, took them around to some spots. So for a, for time frame, uh, was Brian Pro yet at that point? Uh, he was. He just got his Epic model. Epic. So that was yeah, his first Pro yeah. model yep. that lasted less than a year, half a year, yeah, something like that. Eighty nine. But he was, was traveling. He was on BBC. I bought, I bought two of them. So yeah. the time was I bought one, and then I needed I replaced it and bought another one. So probably about eight months. Right, right. And so that was your first introduction to the Texans, was when they came up there? No, I had seen Troy. I had seen a lot of like the Texas Embassy guys that come okay. up. Yeah. yeah. Angry Andy was around all the time. Right, right, right. Um, you know, he's still angry. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's going to be here this week. He's beautifully angry. He's beautifully angry. So to kind of get this rolling, we're going to spend a few minutes here with Peter Fernay. Uh, before that happened, Texas, what, what was. When people talked about Texas skating or Texas, what did you hear about it? What did you think the, or know? Or was it three. like I had no fucking idea? The three. The three. Yeah. Johnny Craig and Jeff. Johnny Craig and Jeff. Okay. That, that was that was what Texas was. I mean, you know, any given time, all three of those guys were hitting a top eight. You know, it's in New Hampshire's reading magazines and like, oh, these guys are rad. You know, like, oh, Johnny's rad. Oh, Craig's bio. Oh, Phillips is rad. Like, so a lot of it was just like reading magazines and seeing the videos. But there was just, you know, it was clear that something was different about Texas. What, what do you think was different when you looked at them? Because when you talk about each of those three, it's unique styles for sure. When you talk about those three specifically, uh, it wouldn't even be so much the styles. Like I was so young, I wasn't paying attention to style yet. I mean, Phillips was just bio. And so like I, I paid more attention to his power. Uh, you know, I think what really what it was is, you know, we were we were East Coast. Right. And, and Texas wasn't wasn't West Coast. And it was, no. you know, and, and it was like. We felt that we had more in common with the Texans as far as like some imaginary, like, oh, you know, like we're going to go to war, like capture the flag, whatever it was, you know. Yeah. Like, like, like we're going to fight on the Texan side. We always felt that the Texans would fight on the East Coast side. That right? definitely was the feeling here, because I remember when Cedar Crest got started, everybody here was like, oh, dude, they built a legit vert ramp in Virginia. Right. It's metal. It's got pool coping. Like. 
it's a real ramp, not like all those California ramps. Right. And and what years were that? Because that was after the Virginia Beach yeah. stuff. So what years was Cedar Crest? Uh, I think it like late '84 was when it first people like people first started skating it, but it kind of had its heyday, kind of '85, '86, uh, and went on till just in the beginning of '91. So pretty much mirrored kind of the skate park of Houston time frame, yeah. Kahuna time. Uh, uh, big yeah. vert ramp. Now, how big was Cedar Crest? Remind me. Uh, nine and a half, one and a half, same as the hurricane. hurricane same as the had hurricane. More okay. Hurricane okay. had fourteen feet of flat. I think Cedar Crest only had twelve. So when you came to Houston and you looked at the hurricane, you skated the hurricane. Yeah, the hurricane was was why I came. Right. But I looked at that Kahuna. I'm like, that's a foot. I'm bigger. sorry, the hurricane Kahuna. You skated the Kahuna too. Uh, yes, but okay. it was it was gnarly. It was like that's a foot bigger and twenty four yeah. feet wide. Did it have the concrete flat bottom at that point? Underneath the metal, I think. Yeah, that underneath was the metal. gnarly. I just, I remember I, I, like, I did a rock and roll looking over the edge, and it was the first time I looked down off a twelve foot ramp, and I'm like standing there, and time stopped. And I'm like, I'm on the Kahuna. It's fucking amazing. It's fast as shit, and I'm way up here. Yeah, this is like this is a real ramp, and like, um, in 2000, 2011, we built a ramp in West Virginia, and mm -hmm. it was a dead on. Kuna. Oh wow! Twenty-four feet wide, ten and two. It was you know we did pool coping on it. Did you do steel? No, it was indoors. It was uh, indoors. We, did, we did birch, but everybody's yeah. like, "Why did you choose those dimensions with the Kuna?" To the Kuna. Yep. So part of our <laughs> part of our our theory on that, and before I get to that, real quick, I love this quote. Todd Prince on Love Letters with Grosso talked about a lot of motherfuckers climbed up to the Kuna and put their board down. And looked and said, fuck that, and walked back down the stairs. Something to that effect. Yeah, and there's some truth to that, and that's kind of what you're saying. Um, but one of the things we talk about in this podcast about Texas history and about its importance is that Dennis Epinette, who built that ramp, after the previous, which was down the street... And then before that, there's a U-ramp that's part of a metal shop that there's some really old pictures that of. Was and that was the Texas Twister. Texas Twister. Yeah. It graduated into the Kahuna. And the Kahuna, our argument is that that changed skateboarding in the sense of what happened to Vert and what happened to, I don't, I, I know you hate the word amplitude, but all that stuff well, yeah, and that, it, and that changed it completely. And that's what you saw. From absolutely. Out well, it's funny that you say that. So, um, Roper, speaking of Texas, uh, when we met back up, we hadn't seen each other in probably 20 years. So we met up and he helped me put out another copy of the zine and we interviewed Ken. And Ken brought up some very important things. The crossbone leaner. Yep. The crossbone leaner was the, invented on the Kahuna. On the Kahuna. Yeah, because Miller. Chris Miller felt that he could go high enough to do it. Yep. He had I more did hang not time. know the cross. Now I know that. that it was the, the, the shut up and skate 86. I know the yep. rocket air in Hussoy. That was the 85. 85. Ramp, but the Kahuna was blue. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 85, Hasoy invented the rocket air because he had the hang time, and 86, Chris, Chris Miller had been trying to do these lean airs that he tweaked out, and he had so much hang time on the Kahuna, he had them fully tweaked, and uh, Grant Britton had these amazing photos sure, that yeah, showed yeah. up. Do you remember it was called the windshield wiper? Yeah, the windshield wiper. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. And yeah. It later got renamed to the crossbone, but he was just calling it. He's like, yeah, it's a lean air. And I try to do like a windshield wiper with it. Now, if you know anything about our podcast, I know shit. I don't know years. Carjack with the photographic memory. Was that the Chris Miller, Tony Hawk? No, no, that, that was, was 91. A, that was 91. Oh, that's Where right. Chris later. almost okay. knocked himself out. He did knock himself out yeah. at 540 and yeah. came back and made it. And yes. then, and and then Tony, we got to turn off the music for a minute. Yep. And, and yeah, when they gave out the the trophies, they got down, you know, third place. 
And when they called second place, Tony came running out and grabs the second place trophy. And they said, no, no, Tony, you won. He said, no, I did not. Chris Miller just won this yeah. contest. And yeah, yeah, so that was up. later. So I was like, so crossbone. And then we went out, all went right. out and saw Nirvana play that night. At exactly. The so rad. <laughs> exactly. But you know, the thing about Eric the, Nash and uh, Eric Nash was there. Yeah. Eric Nash. I have photos. He he got second in my mind. And then, um, oh, he was killing. Oh, why am I drawing a blank? Minnesota. Oh, uh, Dave. D yeah. Dave. Um, LaRue. LaRue. God. Oh. He was doing like three minute long runs and not repeating now a you're single talking trick. This 91. Now we 91. skipped to 91. 91. Uh, so Tom Boyle. Yep. Uh, yeah, he was yeah, in that contest. Yeah, it was. Um, that was so, a good so, contest. So Peter, yeah. that Peter, was probably the first year. Also, that uh, like Frazier and Neil Hendricks showed up. Yep. And it was like the East Coast takeover of these guys who just tweaked everything. Murph to a ruled that contest to a yes. degree. Yeah, Murphy ruled that. Yep. Uh, Brian Pennington and I lived in, at the same time at, together at that time, and Frazier and Neil Hendricks stayed at our house. Yeah. Now I'm gonna re rewind back. Okay. The Kahuna. So again, the Kahuna was the reason we feel that it changed because the California guys came in oh, and yeah. some of them could ride it, but they had no idea how fucking gnarly yeah, they were that shitless, ramp was, yeah. and it changed. And Unless also, it was like Miller, Caballero, right. Hasoy, Lester, right. they liked it. Yeah, sure. they were like, "Oh, now, we can go big." Also, metal ramps. I don't know if Kahuna had oil field coping, but oh, oil, I did. But oil field pipe, yeah. metal ramps big size and Dennis built a fucking solid ramp. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and I think the California guys were like, I mean, that's really when they came out and they were like, Oh shit. And they see Johnny and Craig yep. and Phillips and everybody just, well, and the next and year Ken and Troy and the know. next year. Cause the year before that in 84, the um, Powell, Stacy Peralta filmed the bones brigade video show and a big part of that was Lance's backyard ramp. Right. The next year, 85, Lance comes here and they skate the Kahuna. Right. He went and took his ramp apart and redid it with bigger transitions and then put steel on it because he was so impressed with the ramp here. That's Again, right. the Kahuna. Yeah. Exactly. He's like, I got, I got to make my ramp bigger. I need bigger transitions. Yeah, right. I think I think that the Kahuna is, you know, because there was always that, you know, rivalry of like Cedar Crest, Kahuna, Cedar Crest, two totally different ramps. And I think the Kahuna to me was just, it was, like you said, it was kind of, it set the, the the threshold. You know, Cedar Crest was, was amazing and great and, you know, structurally one of the most amazing ramps ever in the scene and everything. And that's, but, and, and all love to all the California skaters and everybody's a rat and all that, but you had to have the balls to fucking get on that ramp and do what, what oh, the local guys are doing. And then you see Pennington and Nielsen coming up, yeah. uh -huh. a Roper, Gentry, all these big names, but back to Fernay. Uh, you know, so coming in to, to skate the skate park and hanging out and being involved in the events, uh, you know, you got some stories, I'm sure you got, it little... just, I mean, so that summer, I think it was a summer of 88 or summer of 89, whatever, uh, yeah, Dave and Brian invited me down. I stayed, you know, three weeks at Dave's house, three weeks at Brian's house. So it was like six weeks in Houston. Right. It was just amazing. You know, skating with Roper every day, getting to know some of the other guys. Um, but just, you know, skating with Brian. I'll go you know, ahead and apologize for Brett Roper right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's he's amazing. Um, we went to high school together. Right? So. Oh, God. <laughs> Love that guy. Yep. We, we go way back. You are, I'm skipping around here, but you're also a uh, a cockfight forever guy. Absolutely. You're a cockfight forever guy. You, yep. got any, you got anything to tell? We were just talking about Mike Money. Here's your chance to heckle the shit uh, out of him. Well, I he mean, loves when we heckle him. He, he's just, 
I, I don't even know if I could heckle him. I'd love to, but he's, he's a great he's guy. One of the realest motherfuckers there is. Right. Um, he's been a hundred percent behind me, and it's not been because of my talent. I think it's been because of my attitude. Like sure. I just I want to skate. I don't skate great, but I'm still trying. You, try- you skate pretty damn well. You skate pretty <laughs> good. Uh, thanks. I, you know, I have I have my days where I feel better than that. But but Mike's always believed in me. Like he's he's been there like as a friend and been like, dude, I I got you as long as you know as long as I can make wood. I've got and it's kind of. It's been an honor, really. I mean, it's it's really a friendship that's grown. Um, just to have somebody that gives a shit about you and actually like puts it where, like, here. Yeah. Like, I was just walking around the there. He's like, here, board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's very cool. It's kind of my board. Like, it's not. Now you didn't you didn't know Mike back in the days with Brian Payne and all that. How no. did you come across getting to know Brett. Mike? With Brett Roper. Yeah. Okay, because Brett had his yeah. board. When and all Mike that. first started the company, you know, it's, I was like, I'm riding a Brett Roper no matter what. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was. Uh, that's kind of how that started. Got in touch, and yeah, Brett threw a vouch for me. Right. So that was good. It just, but I mean, who doesn't like Mike? You know, if if, if you shoot straight, he likes you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and no, that, absolutely. That's, that's exactly what it was. Like I just wanted to make sure that I always shot straight with him, and was like, hey, like you're my friend. So well, and when he first started that company, I kind of joked with him about it. I was like, did you name it Cockfight just to see if you could get away with? Like, you know what it is? No. What was it? Is there? It's a hack. It was a hack. It was a hat at a gas station. He was just asking me if I knew that. And I was like, Mike, of course I did. He just saw like, he a hat in, with it, a cockfight on it. And yes, he thought it was, that was like a, a green hat at a gas station and it had you know two fighting cocks on it. Said cockfight. Somebody's got one. I forget who's yes. wearing it. But that he, that's how he that named the company. That makes so much sense to me. That that's seems how like, yeah. He named See, we the get the real truth here. I thought he was <laughs> just trying to make a skateboard company with a name that like you couldn't tell your mom. He had no idea because what to he name thought it, that was funny. He's probably buying a two a two dollar beer and the ice thing was like, I need a hat. I'll take that hat. But I knew from the very first when he showed me the first designs he had, I was like, Oh, the die forty five logo. Yeah, you're a hundred percent gonna be successful with this. Yep. Yeah. Because it's you. Yep. And because I know you're only gonna deal with people that you personally care about. You're not going to care about like, oh, this would be good for my company because he doesn't give a shit about the money. You also have to be pretty legit in his head. He's yeah, not doing no, I mean. he's no kookery whatsoever. That's what I mean. Well, and, he'll call your ass out on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we know. To anyway, this day, how did this to get? How did this turn into a Mike Money? To this podcast? day, I have tried unsuccessfully to buy cockfight skateboards probably forty times because they're always sold out of everything. Yes, we know immediately. Yes. So I think I've only ever bought one. Right. I, I mean, I went to high school with Brett. I've never been able to get a Brett Roper skateboard. Wow. And he built Brett my- has a stack. He has every board he ever rode stacked up in his he garage. He built my porch, and I've asked him for a board a yeah. hundred times. Anyway. Yeah, not going to get Fernay. it. Fernay. Fernie. Fernay. <laughs> uh, so uh, you've been to this event, the Banger and the Hanger, here yeah. at Houston Burt Ramp. Three, four? It's my third time. Third time. Yeah, I missed the first one. Why, what brings you back to this event and Texas? And what, I mean, what is it about what happens here? A chance to come to Houston. Um, The food, the people, uh, just everything about Houston. Like I said, I I, I wanted to move here right out of high school. and I just didn't have the the balls, to to be honest. I was like, Houston over Dallas. Yeah, I didn't even know Dallas existed. No, 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 no hate, but just Houston. I just... I'd never been to Dallas, but I had been to Houston, and everybody here is so welcoming. They were so welcoming. Like, you know, Dave and Brian, you know, like I said, it stayed there, but like they had something to do. It's like, yeah, go hang out with this guy for a while. And like, you met so many people. You know, it's, um, 
I can't do this without like a Pete up mention. Right. P-dub. Right. You know, just because like we were, you know, went to his house like every other night and partied at his apartment or whatever. And it got gnarly. But, but, but the thing is, is like it was so real, like everything was real about Texas. Yeah. yeah. And that was 88, 89. But it was real. And I, you know, I'm coming of age. And I'm kind of like, no bullshit here. Yeah, no bullshit attitude. Have fun. There's no fucking. Yep. Well, did there's it no... ever feel like part of the reason that it felt real was because nobody had any crazy starstruck dreams, like illusions that, like, oh, I'm gonna be yeah. a huge name pro. Like, you know, you skate because skating's awesome, yeah. not because you think you're gonna get something yeah, out of well, it. Well, so I'll say it again. You're like, you know, I came to Texas with Brian. Yeah. And you want to talk about somebody like you. You could be really starstruck on Brian Pennington, especially in that circa. Oh, yeah. Real easy. But like we went street skating one night. You hang out with him and you can't. Right. Because he's so down to earth. Like he's like, let's go street skating in Houston. And we did. And like we ended up in some like carved ice igloo in the middle of downtown and sat there for like three and a half hours (laughs) talking about family. That's like this guy just blew away everybody in a pro contest. Like like, but just such a friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's a friend. Like not. So you were here in the heyday when Brian was really producing tricks and yes. stuff. So making shit up, going across the flat, calling yeah. it out, and then making it. Yep. We know the revert channel. Yep. We know the answer to this, but we'll stir a, a few feathers by a little saying here. Uh, were you witness of the Brian turning pro versus Magnuson? That event, I didn't know about a versus. No, well, it was the event, and then Magnus the, got first, and Brian shut got up and second. Skate '88. It was yeah. the first yeah. contest on the hurricane, the hurricane ramp, and it was Brian's pro debut, and he qualified first. first. Yeah. And then in the finals, Magnuson got well, the win, but yes. everybody who was actually in the crowd was a hundred percent convinced well, that Brian had yeah, won the, the contest. Judges there, well, exactly. And actually, who Brett was the Anderson, judges? Our friend Brett Anderson is going to tell you he voted for Magnuson over Brian. That's because Brett the was argu- wrong. <laughs> yes. The yeah, argument I'm just was this. say it. He was wrong. Magnuson was on and he was doing high airs, high airs, high airs, and McTwist and all that. Brian was doing tricks that nobody people understood. Understand. Yeah, yep. people, people didn't understand what it you know, like, Because he learned them all on acid. But also, I'll <laughs> just say it right here if nobody else will, that if you're... Uh, all other things being equal, they did the exact same tricks. Brian Pennington versus Tony Magnuson. If you're giving it to Tony Magnuson, then that means style counts for nothing. This is true. Because Brian Pennington's one of the smoothest dudes you will ever see. And T-Mag is not. I met him I met him uh, two years ago at this event, and I walked up T-Mag? to him. And I, yeah, I walked oh, up to him. he's a good dude. No, he's a no cool hate. Dude. So no big hate. props to T-Mag. That's no not hate. A, no hate. But I walked up to him and I go, do you know that we all love you, but there's a bunch of people in Texas that don't like you because you beat Pennington? Anyway, all right. We don't have a lot of time in these interviews. We're doing some short things, but there's a couple of questions I want to get through because we're doing this. Now, so everybody knows listening out there, Fernay is worth a few hours, but we've only got a little bit of time and we're trying to squeeze in a bunch of stuff. Right, exactly. So I mentioned that. So, um... Tell us your thought about Wild Bill and pro design. Um, well, I think he saved or, you know, preemptively saved a number of my friends' careers. I mean, that's the easiest way to put it. Like, I, I've got a big concern over my friends and their longevity and everything. But, you know, I, I bought the pads as soon as I could. You know, but I weighed like 120 pounds. So I bought them because it was cool. Right, right, right. Um, 
fast forward 25 years and I had PDs forever. Right. And, uh, you know, my, my knees fortunately are, are still pretty good. Right. Because um, of his oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and he, he talked to you on the phone forever. Sure. But, um, you know, he'd do what you want. They'd right. be like, Hey, so anyway, it's like, maybe, you know, put the caps up a little bit higher and can I get a, you know, a fourth grommet in it or something like that? Like, yeah, sure. You know, if you're, you know, I'll make those today. Let me go ahead and stitch them up. Right. Right. Um, right. I used to send in my own fabric for my elbow pads. Perfect. Like, yeah. I really wanted like forever, like when everybody has that dream team. Mm-hmm. I wanted a fucking pair of PD elbows with red straps. It's like, well, you're not on the team. I'm the like, original red straps were one of the original. The you can't get the, the team unless oh, you're on the team. Right. And I, yeah. like, I'm like, I'm not on a team. I'm not going to ask them to be on the team, but fuck, I want a pair of red PDs, red, red straps. So I, I went kind of around the corner. I was like, hey, can I send you my own fabric? Mm-hmm. So it always had black straps. And then he did one with green, neon green straps for me. But I'd go to the fabric store and buy you know a yard and a half of my own shit and send it to him. It was just awesome. Like the number. So did you ever cover the straps with red? No, no, I didn't want to fake it out. No, I just I, I didn't even want team stats. I didn't want to be like right. claim like I ride for Wild Bill. Like, right. I wanted to. I wanted the fucking red straps because they were cool. Because they were cool. Yeah. I wanted Klaus Grabke's pads in 1984 because they were green. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's so rad. Um. All right. Jeff Phillips. Yeah. How long do you have? <laughs> we have a. We're going to be doing a tribute episode, as you well know about Jeff Phillips, but and this is part of it. So. Um, Jeff well, Phillips taught you know, me how hey, to be you've cool got the to floor. people. Jeff taught Jeff me Phillips. how to be cool to people, and he did this in a, a 30 second situation. Okay. 12 year old Grom, New Hampshire, bored out of my fucking head, two feet of snow on the ground, skating a basement quarter pipe. Directory assistants. Dallas, Texas, Phillips. Sounds good, whatever. So, <laughs> wait, Phillips cold Parker call used Phillips cold call his F- name. Absolutely. And Allison answered. He's like, no, Jeff's busy right now. Uh, can I have him call you back? I'm like, yeah, like he's going to call me back. Okay, sure. Here's my number. So I go back down skating in my basement and phone rings. My mom's like, here, phone. I'm like, who is it? She's like, Jeff. I'm like, fucking kidding me? So I run up and fucking Phillips called me back. That's so awesome. weird, bro. Call me back. Fuck. And right there, I was like, it's a real motherfucker. Yeah, like, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, you know, I'm, I'm 12. Mm-hmm. Grom is shit before Grom was anything. And we talked for 45 minutes on the phone. And I swear to God, he's, you know, so what's it like in New Hampshire? What do you have to skate? Like, you obviously call me because you're a fan, but I don't want to know about you. Right? Do you know what you're 12? How, what year? 83, 84. 84 okay. Like, right. This is Kona, like Sims, the first. Sims. Yep. Yeah. So he was my first pro board that I bought. So I was hyped on that. The, the, um, the tie dye. No, 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 no I'm sorry. The breakout. breakout. The breakout. I'm the, sorry. Breakout. The original breakout. I should know that. Um, but the, the best thing was, you know, coming down to Houston is he was at the hurricane. Yep. I'd never met him face to face. Yeah. We, we talked crazy shit. Like, first impression. God, he's pretty tall. <laughs> no, I knew that. Okay. Um, but, you know, we met on deck and he's like, great to put a face to a name. And then we went and um, skated Vagabond. Oh, you got to skate oh, Vagabond. Skate Vagabond oh. I, yeah, I got to skate Vagabond with Phillips and it's amazing. Have you seen yourself in any of the footage that's been released over the past few years that I've seen? No, because I did not know what a round wall was. Oh, you, okay. <laughs> no, okay. I was, so I skated, but you went to go skate it with Phillips. And, yeah, and I, I, I've got two pictures of him doing um, frontside craps. Yep. On like the, the missing coping section, like the, the yep. one, the left side of the deep end. Mm-hmm. For for those who don't know, Vagabond Pool in Houston is 
regardless is the top two pools, right? Yeah, it was that and 34th. The, mir- the yeah. 34th of Miracle Street pool, which yeah. I got a uh, chance to ride. I get to ride chance to ride both, but Vagabond is is probably the most famous well-known pool. And it had a better surface. Like it it rode great. I just wish yeah. I knew more about it. It was ground all you know, it was a big it was a big clover with two shallow ends. And so the deep end had double hips that you could hit, whether you were goofy or regular, they were both perfect to hit. And there was no coping because it was all flagstone coping. So it had been jacked out. So it was just a hard edge at the top of the, the, uh, tile, but the, the plaster was really smooth. It wasn't gritty at all. Put that up to the camera. That is a photo. And that's a photo of? That's a photo of Phillips. In Vagabond yep. Pool. Early BBC days. He's got the hard-on pads on. Yep. It's right there. Yeah, now, is that a regular board or is that a BBC prototype? That's a BBC prototype. That's one of his BBC boards. Yeah, he was riding a few, a couple of prototypes. Yeah, so that's the got the, the vinyl cut decal on it early on. So that's probably 88. There's one for you. Where's the... Um, oh, there's... there's That's Craig in the Vagabond, too. That, yep. red, that red glove. Right. Well, we, I, I would venture to say that I you also up. love Jeff Phillips. When people absolutely. say they love Jeff Phillips, absolutely, and, and his, it's we know what we all know we're not bullshitting, but his his legend is. Um, I mean, you know, obviously we wish we was here. There's no doubt about that, and we all know he'd be it's, killing it. But his mark he's on just, skateboarding is is so huge, from personal to like. Imagine what she would have done with a mega ramp. Yep. Okay, just imagine what he would have done. I don't know if I can imagine just, that. That's with just all the, crazy. Imagine that Phillips air to fakie with right. the swing of the arm, just like a 27-foot air fakie, because he would have just been like, fuck this, I'm going to do it. Right. You know. And with all the new skate parks that are out there, he would just be crushing yep. things. Yeah, Masters, Masters would be a whole different fucking story. Well, and I feel like if he was still around, Dallas is currently the biggest city in the country that doesn't have a public skate park. They're working on it, but it's a yeah, it's it's tough. I feel like if Jeff was here, they would have had one twenty years ago, sure. like all the other cities. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and maybe Dallas should name a park. Just go ahead and plan on having Jeff Phillips. Yeah, probably Memorial but, Park, yeah. something like that. Hey, inspirational park. Together, was, yeah, I don't. Right. Even, I hate the word memorial. Like inspirational park. Inspirational. Like, there you in go. order to skate there, you have to do a giant straight like frontside air. <laughs> <laughs> rules are rules. Or a seven and a half foot boneless. Jesus, yeah. But no, like I was saying, the influence, like to this day, like I don't make frontside airs often, but I make them out of inverts. And that's because Phillips would throw an invert in. And he'd go bigger on the next wall. Yes. He he would throw it in. And that was like, again, watching the videos growing up, the influence, like, you know, like I'll I'll make a frontside air out of an invert before I do it out of anything else. And because I think about that, I'm like, Chuck it in. Make yeah, it. but would you make a seven-foot lean hour error after you just did a frontside rock and roll? Because he did that shit, too. <laughs> so was it Casel's ramp? Am I saying his name right? Tommy Casel? Uh, yeah. Yes. So there's a video floating around. I think it's Tommy's ramp is what I've heard, but it's got cross-grain plywood. It looks like about eight-and-a-half-foot transition. Okay. And Phillips did a six-foot air, frontside air, out of an invert on that. And you could see him struggle for speed on the invert and chucked in, but the plywood's cross grain. Right. So how the hell do you go six feet? Yeah. Because your name was Jeff Phillips. Just crazy shit. Incredible understanding. Like some people told me some stories about how he like, he went out to the woods and, you know, did area 51 stuff. And it's like, that makes so much sense to me because the way that he thought, like I didn't know him really that well, you know, right from the phone. Right. Right. (laughs) But, 
like his, his the way he thought about stuff the you could see it in his skating yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He had a, like the fact that he would occasionally throw in a revert across the middle of the flat <gasps> bottom yeah nobody else ever did that but he would just land a trick and think no i want to be i want to go backwards for my next trick i was supposed to go fakie yeah i was supposed to go fakie and i didn't i'll just i'll just do a 180 in the flat where most people 99 of people if you just landed an error and you decide to do a 180 in the flat you're gonna eat shit especially on that virginia beach ramp yes because it was slick that fiberglass do you remember his quote about that which he won that contest yes no, what was that? Like a fat man in corduroy pants walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about dimples, right. The dimples are. Yeah, right. yeah, that man. sounds about right. All right, I think that's a great way to kind of tie this into a knot, Peter. We appreciate you being here. Uh, you're Thanks part of the here. you're part of the Texas family for I not being a Texan. Guys, we it, appreciate it. It means the world to me. I you know I saw when you guys were first starting this and. Like you, you, you spoke up like on my behalf. You're like, oh, no, he's family or whatever. And it was like, man, that's an honor. And it's, you know, it, it's an honor to do. And it's one to, you know, to make sure that I keep. So Good thanks day. for having me. Well, and thanks for taking care of Brett Roper while he was living abroad in D.C. for all those years. I don't know how much I took care of him, but. We, well, you kept him on a skateboard and kept him skating vert, which saved his sanity. So that's a big thing. Yep. Right. Yep. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, he kept, you know. We'll do a Brett Roper episode. So oh, yeah, at some yeah. point. Exactly. Well, you are definitely family, Peter, and we Thank appreciate you. it for joining us. Again, you're listening to Won't Shut Up and Skate, uh, the banger and the hanger container interviews. That's Kerry Jackson. I'm Chip Queso. That's Peter Fernay. That's Peter Fernay. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the hell we'll out be of back it. Yeah. Out some Thanks, more. dude. Thank you, man. All right, then. Cool, cool. Woo! All right. Yeah. The future's up to you.